You know there was an old woman mugged round here, Carla says, letting her long black ponytail snake over one shoulder. Well, actually it was Weymouth, but it could have been here, so you see you can't be too careful. They found her, with half her face smashed in. This last bit is said in a hushed voice, but hearing isn't one of my problems. I wish Carla wouldn't tell me these things. They leave me with an uneasy feeling long after I've forgotten the stories themselves. I shudder and look out of the window. I can't think which direction Weymouth is in. A bird flies by. Have I got enough eggs? Plenty, so you don't have to go out today. She picks up the carer's folder, nodding at me, keeping eye contact until I nod back. I feel like I'm at school. There was something in my head a moment ago, a story, but I've lost the thread of it now. Once upon a time. Is that how it started? Once upon a time, in a deep, dark forest, there lived an old, old woman named Maud. I can't think what the next bit should be. Something about waiting for her daughter to come and visit, perhaps? It's a shame I don't live in a nice little cottage in a dark forest. I could just fancy that. And my granddaughter might bring me food in a basket. A bang somewhere in the house makes my eyes skitter across the sitting room. There's an animal. An animal for wearing outside, lying over the arm of the settee. It's Carla's. She never hangs it up. Worried she'll forget it, I expect. I can't help staring at it, sure it will move, scurry away to a corner or eat me up and take my place. And Katie will have to remark on its big eyes, its big teeth. All these tins of peaches! Carla shouts from the kitchen. Carla, the carer. Carers is what they call them. You must stop buying food! She calls again. I can hear the scrape of tins against my formica worktop. You have enough for an army. Enough food? You can never have enough. Most of it seems to go missing anyway and can't be found even after I've bought it. I don't know who's eating it all. My daughter's the same. No more cans, Mum, she says, going through my cupboards at every opportunity. I think she must be feeding someone. Half the stuff disappears home with her, and then she wonders why I need to go shopping again. Anyway, it's not like I have many treats left in life. It's not like I have many treats, I say, pushing myself higher in my seat to make my voice carry to the kitchen. Twists of shiny chocolate wrappers are wedged down the sides of the chair. They squirm against the cushions and I flick them away. My husband Patrick used to tell me off for eating sweets. I ate them a lot at home. It was nice to be able to have a sherbet lemon or a caramel cup when I wanted, as we weren't allowed them at the exchange. No one wants to speak to a telephonist who's got a mouthful. But he said they'd ruin my teeth. I always suspected he was more worried about my figure. Polo mints were our compromise and I still like them. But now there's no one to stop me eating a whole box of toffees if I want them. I can even start first thing in the morning. 
It's morning now. I know because the sun is on the bird table. It shines on the bird table in the morning and the pine tree in the evening. I have a whole day to get through before the light hits that tree. Carla comes, half crouching into the sitting room, picking up wrappers from around my feet. I didn't know you were here, dear, I say. I've done your lunch. She snaps off plastic gloves. It's in the fridge and I've put a note on it. It's 9.40 now. Try not to eat it till 12, right? She talks as if I always gobble everything up as soon as she leaves. Have I got enough eggs? I ask, feeling suddenly hungry. Plenty, Carla says, dropping the carer's folder onto the table. I'm going now. Helen.